Good evening, everybody. This is February 19th, 2021, and we are in the Novel Ideas book group to discuss The Book of Two Ways by Jody Picot. Now, before we actually start the discussion, we're going to do things do things a little differently. Um, I found a video on YouTube that's an interview Jody did, and I sent it to Alan and asked him to work his magic to extract the audio so we could play it for tonight. And he's done that. It's about 22 minutes, so we'll play the video, and after that, we'll open it up and go from there. So Alan, whenever you're ready, take it away. Yeah. Let me, let me just say a little bit in, in advance. This will be the, I think only the second time I've screen shared in zoom and about the third time I've used the computer with zoom because it, it works better when you're screen sharing to use a computer. So if I screw something up, be forgiving. But uh, uh, the, the, the other thing is, <laughs> I, I, whenever whenever Michael Amaro shares screens like in the history group, they usually mute everybody. I'm not going to fool with all that trying to mute and unmute people. So I'm just going to ask you to. There's Ladon. Sorry, Alan. That's all right. I'm just going to ask everybody to be quiet, and then hopefully muting won't be an issue and stuff. And uh, uh, that way, if something gets fouled up people can talk and, and hopefully we can rectify it and stuff, but, uh, uh, all right. But, you know, I practiced this the other day, so just bear with me and I'm going to try to start the thing playing. Like Randy said, it's 22 minutes long. It's some British woman interviewing Jody Pico about the book of two ways. So here we go. Jody, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you chatting to me. Sure. So the book has been described as being about life, death, and choices. So talk mm -hmm. to me about what inspired this. Where did the idea come from? So the idea was uh, an amalgamation of two events in my life. Um, the first was my son, who was always one of these Egyptology kids that wanted to know everything about ancient Egypt. And he actually grew up and went to university to study Egyptology. And he came home one, one break and he was uh, translating an ancient text called The Book of Two Ways. I knew absolutely nothing about it, but I walked by and I said, oh, that's a great title for a novel. And then I started to think about how no matter who we are and what we've achieved, we always think about someone or something that got away. And I would go, when I was on my book tours, I would say to crowds, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine the person you thought you'd wind up with. And then I would say 95% of you are not picturing the person you're going home to tonight. And I think that's fascinating that, that as humans, we're always wondering about that what if. And I decided to put those two things together. Now, I didn't know anything about the Book of Two Ways as an ancient Egyptian text when I first started to think about this idea, but I did learn and I began to craft a story that somehow would parallel it. Um, the real Book of Two Ways in ancient Egypt is uh, something, a funerary text that was found on the coffins of nobles in the Middle Kingdom in Egypt. 
And the reason it's famous is because it's the first map we have of the afterlife. It was usually found on the bottom of the coffin under the mummy. And there were two paths, a blue one and a black one. One was water and one was land. And as long as you had the right knowledge from all the spells that were written in hieroglyphs in in your coffin, you could take either one of those paths and wind up in the same place, which was the field of offerings or the ancient Egyptian version of heaven. And I thought, how interesting to create a story where you see two different paths, but the main character winds up where she's supposed to wind up no matter what. And I came up with the story of Dawn Edelstein, who uh, is a woman on a plane that is crashing when the book opens. And like many other people having a near-death experience, she her life flashes before her eyes. But instead of seeing her husband and her daughter and her work as a death doula in Boston, she thinks back to 15 years ago when she was an Egyptology grad student and she was in love with uh, another grad student uh, back there in Egypt uh, named Wyatt. And when the plane lands safely, she's kind of caught at a crossroads. Should she go back to Boston or should she follow through in this life she didn't have that she left behind of being an Egyptologist? And the book unfolds on two different paths until you figure out really what the structure of the book might be. So obviously Egyptology forms a big chunk of the book. Mm -hmm. Just tell me a bit more about the kind of research that you had to do. I know I've been sent quite a few photographs that you took when you visited Egypt, but I mean, how long did it take you to get to grips with this content? Because it's, it's very descriptive. Well, it's hard. Um, And, you know, the thing is, people seem to know about Greek mythology. No one knows about ancient Egyptian mythology. Certainly I didn't. Um, I was very fortunate because Kyle's thesis advisor from Yale, who is one of the foremost Egyptologists in America, her name is Dr. Colleen Darnell. She um, and I. So, LaDon, do you need to say something? No, I'm sorry, my wife. I thought the microphones were off. Uh, okay, no, I mean, we're, we're playing this interview with Jody Pico. Is, is everybody able to hear it okay? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. all right, all right, I'm going to start it back. I met up again at Kyle's wedding years later, and I said, you know, Colleen, I still want to write this book. And she said, well, I'll take you. And I had actually planned a trip to Egypt years ago to do research, but it was Arab Spring, and it wasn't a very good time for Americans to go visiting Egypt. So that got canceled, and I put the book on the shelf. But when I reconnected with Colleen, um, we made a plan to go to Egypt together. And I got a very private, individualized tour of Egypt. So I got to see the fun things that tourists see, but I also got to see a lot of stuff that tourists never see. And in particular, we went to Middle Egypt, which is not on tourist itineraries because it has also been the site of some terrorism, but it's where all of the coffins with the Book of Two Ways were found. And it's where all the rock cut tombs are that Dawn and Wyatt in the book are excavating. So I got to go into those tombs. And I got to learn all about them and see them firsthand. And one of the things that I learned, and that's amazing, is that there is a public part of a tomb and a very private part of a tomb. And the public part was meant to be visited by your ancestors, by your friends. When you actually go into them, you see graffiti in ancient Greek sometimes, which is amazing because the distance between the ancient Greeks and the Egyptians is the same between us now and the ancient Greeks. And they were just coming as tourists. Um, But in the main part, the tomb chapel, you would see pictures, beautiful artwork of the deceased, of his family, of things that brought them joy, fishing and fowling and making beer and bread and dancing and singing and all these great 
moments in life that that were celebratory. And there were also things in the tomb to keep uh, visitors occupied. There were uh, word puzzles in hieroglyphs so that you could sit there as if you were doing the New York Times crossword, you know, and puzzle them out while you visited the deceased. But there was a part of the tomb that was very, very private. And that was down 18 feet of a tomb shaft and then carved out horizontal to uh, parallel to the the tomb floor. And that was the burial chamber where they would insert the coffin. They would then put a big stone slab in front of it or brick it up, fill the shaft with debris and rocks, and then seal that with another, another big stone. That is what Egyptologists are excavating. And it was never really meant to be excavated by the ancient Egyptians, but that is what they do. Um, So to see all that and to see how Egyptologists function now in a world of technology is fascinating. And it was really fun to write about. The hard part was that Don and Wyatt are really smart. You know, they are, they're grad students. So I couldn't have them have conversations like, oh, check out that pyramid or cool mummy, isn't it? Because, you know, they're not going to talk that way. They're going to talk very academically. So to that end, I had to find a way to create dialogue for them that would also teach all of you very nuanced details about ancient Egypt. And the best example I can give does involve mummies. We all know ancient Egyptians mummified their dead, right? Do you know why? Probably not. So this is what happened when you died in ancient Egypt. If you had a good death, it meant that your soul got to fly out of your body and hang out with Ray, the sun god, who is the big number one god in ancient Egypt. And he pulls the sun across the sky in a boat every day. That was like the pinnacle of the afterlife, right? But at the end of the day, when the sun goes down, Ray reunites with his own corpse, who is another god called Osiris, who is the lord of the netherworld. And they're two different gods, but they're also the same god, kind of like the father, son, holy ghost thing. And the reason that Ray reunites with Osiris is because the soul needs to power up inside the body like a battery for the rest of the night, for 12 hours of the night. And then the next morning, sun comes up, you're ready to go. You're raring to pull that sun across the sky. So ancient Egyptian death mirrored that same pattern that Ray and Osiris had. And that meant that the deceased soul would hang out with Ray all day, but had to get back to its body at night to power up, to battery itself up. That meant the body had to last forever, forever, eternity. And mummies really do last for eternity. The bodies are still there. That was why the ancient Egyptians mummified, and that's how it ties into their religion. So you learn little details like that throughout the book, which I had to learn when I was in Egypt. So your main character, Dawn, is a death doula. Um, Through reading the book, you discover what that is. But for those who haven't yet, what is a death doula? What is the purpose of a death doula? So many people who have not heard of a death doula have heard of a birth doula. And that's someone who helps usher a new life into the world. Well, a death doula does the opposite. It helps you leave this world. She or he helps you leave this world. Death doulas are sort of like hospice professionals in that they provide end-of-life care. But unlike a hospice team, which is usually a chaplain and a nurse and a social worker and a doctor, a death doula is one person and does everything that you want except for medical care. You will also have a medical team. 
Um, it's a contract that's negotiated one-on-one with a client. And a death doula literally will do anything you need them to do at the end of your life. That can include helping you plan your funeral. You might want a green burial. You might want to be buried in a living forest. You might want to donate your body to science. Um, it could be selling a car before you die. It could be closing your social media accounts after you die, organizing your finances, creating a legacy project that you could give to your, your descendants when you're gone. Um, and if you want a death doula, they're holding your hand. At the minute that you died, they will be there for you to do that. So they negotiate the terms of what you want when they, they take you on as a client. And the reason I wanted Dawn to do this is because she does leave Egypt in a hurry because of a personal situation with her mother. And she had planned to study how Egyptians thought they could have a good death. And it seemed like a perfect translation to me that in her other life, once she left behind Egypt, she would still somehow be connected to how we have a good death. And that is what death doulas do. They help you have a good death. Yeah. Yeah. Dawn says that, um, or rather you write that, or Dawn asks her clients what is left unfinished, what is left undone, what is it that you still need to do before you go. So I'm going to be a bit sneaky and ask a personal question, which you're welcome not to answer. <laughs> but what is it that, that you feel is left unfinished? Um, for oh, you? Oh, gosh. So, I mean, I have been very, very lucky and blessed in my career. I, I've worked my tail off to get here, but I've had a lot of good breaks and good fortune. And um, I do, I'm very, very proud of what I've achieved in my writing. Um, so in that sense, I feel that I've left behind works, even when I'm not here, that will be remembered. And and I hope that what I'm remembered for is is being able to look at both sides of a situation gracefully without inflicting on you an opinion. Um, But I think there are definitely things that I want to do and want to see before I leave this planet. Um, I have two very happily married children, but my third just got engaged and I want to go to that wedding. Uh, I want grandchildren. (laughs) You know, so there are a lot of personal milestones I think that I would like to see uh, still achieved. So you also write that having someone with you when you die should be a right and not just a privilege. And I found that so profound because right now we're living in a time where so many people cannot have someone with them when they die because of COVID-19. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, there's nothing to me more tragic about this pandemic than that one thing that you mentioned, that people who are already scared by a disease that we don't know very much about have to die alone. Um, I think it's it's terrible, honestly. And, you know, one of the things that I learned when I was doing research with uh, end-of-life professionals is what a privilege it is to spend time with someone who doesn't have a lot of time left. And what I learned is that these people all, they want to tell you their stories. They want you to remember them the way they were, not the way they are right now, frail or sick or in a hospital bed. Um, They want, they want to be remembered. They want their name to, to continue. And uh, I think, you know, one of the things about ancient Egyptology that I love is that a a person was made up of multiple parts Mm -hmm. and those parts included the body the soul, sort of a, a generational soul, like almost like a legacy of uh, family, and also your shadow and your name. 
you had to, your name was part of you. And that's why if you scraped out the name of a king that, or a pharaoh that was no longer in power, you were obliterating them from the world. And I think that right now there is this terrible tendency for the death toll to be a number. And I think we are forgetting that these are people who died, people who matter to other people. And that to me is one of the greatest losses right now of this pandemic. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's, it is a scary time. There's no question about it. And uh, I, I really feel for the people who have had to suffer alone because I, I can't imagine anything worse, honestly. So Dawn's husband in the book, Brian, is a physicist. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk quite a bit about quantum mechanics as well. And one of the things that you say is, or I can't remember if it's he who says it or if it's another character, but time is a construct. Um, and that's something that you explore in this book because you have that the sort of almost split timeline between what would happen if, if this choice was made or what would happen if this choice was made. So talk to me a little bit more about that and your, your sense of time. Sure. So let's go back to Egypt for a second, because I already told you that there, there was the cyclical time, right? And that is every day your soul gets to hang out with Ray and go back at the end of the night to go back to its mummy. So that cycle is one, one construct of time. And it was called Neha in um, Middle Egyptian. And then the other kind of time was jet time, which was linear and eternal like this forever and ever and ever. And that was the mummy and the corpse that stayed the same. To ancient Egyptians, this was not a mind warp. You could have two different kinds of time coexisting. And in some sense, that is what uh, the fans of multiverse theory or quantum physicists believe too. And what they say is that every time that you make a choice or a decision, your life branches off and there is the you that made that decision, but then there's the you that didn't make that decision and is living somewhere else in a parallel universe doing other things. So there's a world in which I chose not to log on today to talk to you. And instead I, you know, sat and ate bonbons and, um, you know, and, and I'm doing something else in that world. These two worlds will never cross according to quantum physicists, but it's a really fascinating concept because it does suggest that all of the choices we didn't make are other lives that we could have had, which is very much metaphorically what the point of this book is. The whole point of the book of two ways is to ask you, who are you now? And who would you have been if your life had taken one tiny turn? You know, do we make our choices or do our choices make us? And I think what, what I love about this book right now is that many of us are imagining a world that's different from the way it is. And many of us have suffered losses and are thinking about timelines where this did not happen. And um, I think, you know, in a way, this feels like the perfect book for the pandemic because of that, because it's introspective, because it's going to allow you to think about not just the paths that you took, but the ones that you did not take. And what's fascinating about that, that journey, that mental journey, is that we have a tendency to believe, well, if only I'd wound up with that ex-boyfriend, I would be doing this right now. It doesn't really work that way because we would not be the same people we are now if we hadn't made the choices that we'd made. And the people who we've met in our lives, their choices could all be different too. So, you know, you can't really just pluck yourself out of a timeline and imagine yourself into another, but it sure is pretty to think about. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is that the characters, no matter what happens, 
they keep returning to love. Why is that so important in the book? Well, I think that's the only constant, really. And I think that is what we're all looking for. We're all looking for someone who will keep us alive when we're not here. And it's the people who love you who do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ask every writer that I interview about their writing process because it is something that fascinates me. So I wanted to know how, and I know this is a hard question, um, how you come up with ideas, how they become words and sentences. Do you have a special place where you write or a special time that you write? (laughs) Um, This is where I write. (laughs) This is my office. And um, for me, the ideas come from questions that I can't answer. So it is not a comfortable feeling, actually. You know, I I actually was having a discussion with another writer friend of mine about inspiration. And I said, I think people make the the mistake of believing that inspiration is an angel on your shoulder whispering softly in your ear. I don't have that kind of angel. What I have is the one who's banging on the side of my head going, hey, 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 listen up. And it feels more like a splinter that you keep feeling under the surface. Um, It is not a comfortable feeling for me to be inspired. It's actually something that I want to take apart and examine. And, um, you know, there's a relief in unpacking an idea because if I keep thinking about it, if I wake up thinking about it, it's probably a good idea for a book. And it's usually based in a question I can't answer. And that's usually based in some moral issue or conundrum. And, um, you know, to that end, uh, I, I usually will find myself mulling over it for several weeks. And if I still am thinking about it, characters evolve. They just pop up. I have never been able to explain how I create a character because I don't very much feel like I do. I hear them speak to me. I feel more like a medium than I do a creator. And in fact, this book is an excellent example. Um, I did not know that Wyatt was British until I heard his voice in my head. And then I was like, oh, Oh, well, okay. Well, this changes things, you know? So um, that happens a lot. And once the characters take the story away from me, that is when the actual details of the plot start falling into place. And at that point, I usually stop and I do months of research to figure out what do I need to know to become an expert for my characters so that I can write with authority about them. And I will do everything from interviews to reading books to shadowing professionals who have this life uh, till I have as much information as I feel like I need to start writing. And then when I actually write, I'm doing it up here. And it's usually um, I get up in the morning and I usually go either for a run or a hike and uh, come back to my desk, answer fan mail for a little while, pull up whatever I was working on the day before, edit my way through the document, and then just keep writing until about four o'clock. And I do it five days a week. So it's a job. (laughs) Exactly like a job. Um, You're quite a prolific writer. Um, Are you working on anything new or are you taking a bit of a break? (laughs) Interestingly, at the beginning of this pandemic, um, I couldn't do anything. I was very distracted. I couldn't even read. I've been a reader since I was three. So to not even be able to focus on a page was very hard for me. And um, I broke my reading slump by reading romance novels. And I think it was because I needed a happy ending. Like I could not handle the news. So I needed a happy ending. So um, I actually felt the same way about writing. It was like I had totally forgotten how to create a story. 
And my 2022 book, which I had planned out, was going to be co-written with another writer named Jenny Boylan. And we were not going to even discuss it until after my tour for this book. But in March, she called me up and she said, you know, my schedule has just suddenly all cleared. (laughs) And I said, yes, funny that. Um, And so we met over Zoom and we crafted our plot and we started writing. And I I didn't know how, remember? So I started by doing muscle memory. I started by doing research because I know how to do that. And I interviewed lawyers and I interviewed police officers and I went beekeeping. It's the only research I could do in person, actually, for this book, wearing a mask underneath my veil and staying six feet apart from the other beekeepers. And, um, and then once I remembered what that felt like, then I could start to write. And so ironically, Jenny and I actually finished a first draft before I began the tour for this book, which was never intended. Um, it still will not come out until 2022 because of timing, but uh, it's a book about what it means to be a woman. That's the hint I'll give. All right. Great. Thank you. For, thank you for the tidbit. Yes. Jody, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you talking to me. Um, it's a Thanks. great honor to talk to you. And uh, I'm a big lover of your books. And I really loved the book of two ways. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me today. Tools, alt, plus S menu, effects and filters, control, plus E, leaving menus, meeting controls, alert. Okay, I turned off the screen share, and that was that. Okay, thank you, Alan. Thanks for all your hard work to make nah, that well, it, happen. It, it, it wasn't hard. I hope it sounded okay. That that was was the oh, volume. Was, the volume was, was great. It was yeah, it great. Good, Alan. Good, good, good. All right, very, outstanding. It was great. I'll be better next time. So there you no, go. No, it was good. No, you don't. Have it to. was. No need for improvement. Nope. Okay. Exactly. Well, I, it sounds like I'm fishing for compliments. Sorry, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, mean, I didn't mean to come across <laughs> well, that way. That's okay. Yeah, so, so. Well, does anybody have any comments that they want to make? If you, if you have, if anybody have any comments they want to make so we're not all talking at once, can Please. I go first? Can I go first? Yes. I was yes. just going to say, go ahead. I, and I, I, I've read like 60% of the book. I'm interested to know what happens because I didn't like it enough to finish it. So uh, Same here. Uh, d- uh, don't, mm. don't be afraid about spoilers. Spoil me, baby. I want to hear how it ends and stuff. So I hope it, I, <clears throat> I, I'll just say, I, I mean, it's a depressing subject, right? De- death is a depressing subject, and this book is is steeped in death. And uh, I I found the, the fact that somebody could make a career out of being a death doula very interesting. It wouldn't be a job that I would want, but it's a job I very much respect for people that helps people leave this world. Uh, uh, but having said that, I I can't say I was a huge fan of the main character, and you know. As important as the main character is in Jody Pico's books, if you're not a huge fan of the main character, I'm, I'm thinking there's probably not a good chance you're really going to be that much into the book. So that's kind of where I was. So that's well, all I'll say. So well, can can I? Uh, man, yeah, go ahead, Marsha. Okay, thank thank you. Uh, I almost wish I would have hired a death doula um, when uh, as I lost uh, Rob, my husband. But um, on the other hand, the rest of the book was not that favorable to me at all. Um, 
as far as the Egyptian thing and all that kind of stuff, and, and going back from her original trip to Egypt and the plane crash and the later thing with Wyatt coming back and then the plane crash <laughs> coming up at the end of the book, I'm like, where where are we going here? But yes, um, I can understand her interest in the book and... And as it said uh, toward the end, uh, her son, I think, was talking about uh, him being a uh, ge shoot, geologist. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, um, I, I, I'm done with Jody Picot as far as the end of the book goes. And I, I'm, I, I, there's nothing to spoil when her daughter says, Mom, have you decided what you're going to do? as far as dad and or Wyatt and she says yes and that's the end I you know I'm done <laughs> that's, that's the way it ended that's the way it ended you oh. got the impression she was gonna go with Wyatt though I, I mean but, but, you yeah, did yeah did you say there was I another plane crash at the end Ionic was there another plane up. crash at the end did you say no 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 oh, what, okay just referring no, back plane to the plane crash the, the, they they uh, it, Wyatt uh, came down to see her, uh, and Brian was were, was also there. Actually, I think Wyatt showed up first. No, no, Brian showed up first, then Wyatt, and Brian and Wyatt met, and uh, they were. And I don't know where how the how the wherever they ended up. I couldn't figure that out in South Carolina, North Carolina. But anyway, I'm going to I'm going to be quiet here and let other people talk. Because now this Ladon, may I make a statement? Go ahead, Ladon. Okay. Unless you have betrayed someone who loved you, mm. or someone you love has betrayed you, I don't think you can truly understand the mental anguish that was going through her mind. Even when she was leaving and going to Egypt, she knew she was doing the wrong thing. She knew that she was hurting her husband. She knew that she had a chance of hurting her daughter permanently. She could not help herself. And she went on and did that. And even while she was there with her a uh, lover that she thought she loved and had loved him in the, uh, before and I guess was still loving now. She knew it was wrong. So it's tortured her mind. It tortured her mind all the time. When she came home, after, and uh, I thought that was a bait and switch to where the book started and the, the write-up before the book said that she crashed and then she decided mm -hmm. to go as a choice. But it, but it wasn't that. She went there on her own and then on the on her way back home with her boyfriend, uh, which she was bringing home and, and how much anguish was she causing. And she caused her husband to, to, to be uh, hurt, terribly, terribly hurt. And when she go, went there and brought her boyfriend with her, that, that anguished her mind. Was, what was she doing right? Was she doing wrong? Was she doing right? Was she doing wrong? How could she hurt her husband? How could she not go with her boyfriend? It was all a terrible, terrible thing. 
I know that death and and all the talk about death and being a doula, all the did not do anything for me. I wouldn't want one. Uh, when the, the scene, the scene where the old lady is laying in the floor and she's telling her about dying, you forget about your your muscles in your legs go bad. You know, then your insides go bad. That didn't help me at all. But the anguish of that, and then at the last, the very last scene of the book, where she's walking with her daughter. They're taking a walk, and her daughter believes that she she, she may leave her. You know, you're going to leave leave me and, and leave my dad, which was not her genetic dad. And then the last book, I mean, the last words in the book was she said she opened her mouth to, and told her daughter what she's going to do, but she left that to us, the reader, to decide what we think she would do but in either case in either choice either life she she's gonna gonna leave anguish behind and she's gonna have the guilt and anguish in her in her mind whichever way she, she chooses but there was um, a story i heard when i was a child about uh, someone and there was two doors and there was a lady in the arena and uh he opened one door, uh, and the lady and the tiger, right? nothing, tiger, and tiger, yeah, yes. and the other door was a uh, well, a tiger or something, lion to come out and eat her. So that was what this was. Ooh. This was, uh, you know, a story of those two doors. And in that book that I, someone just mentioned that they know that talk about what I'm talking about, they didn't leave. They left that for you to understand when she opened the door, the story ended, and you didn't know what what came out, the lion or the good guy, whatever it was. But that was what this was. But to me, the whole thing was the anguish she was causing herself going through and the anguish she called causing everybody, her husband, now, if she left. Now, her boyfriend, I thought, well, she might be making a bad choice. And now this boyfriend was not very good. Who would make love with a woman when he's engaged to another woman? I could not understand that, but maybe he's all screwed up too. And uh, then, so I thought, well, I don't know if that would be a, a, a good choice for you. You know, that might happen to you later if you go with him and be married and he might find somebody else and go and go on out to for her. I didn't think that'd be a, a, a good choice, but she didn't know that. And, and he had, he had not told his fiance about this. And if she decides she's going to stay there, he can go back and still be married to that woman if he can explain where he's been the last few days. So anyway, that was long, a long thing. Let's see what someone else thought. This is Sherry. Can I go next? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, LaDon, you're a lot more understanding than I am. I didn't like Dawn much at all. And I think it goes both ways why it could go with her and she could find another boyfriend too. <clears throat> Um, I doubt she would. I only made it through about six and a half hours, and I really like Egyptology, but I found the stuff in this book pretty boring and dry. Um, I thought the interview with Jody Pico was more interesting than the book. In here. And um, I, I really like Jody Pico, so if I see another book by her that has an interesting annotation, I would give it another chance. But yeah, this one, thumbs down. Well, it was dry because of the Egyptian sun, I'm sure. 
All that sand. My wife, my wife tried to get into the book too, and she said, that Egyptian stuff just drove her nuts. She said, I can't do it. <laughs> and it was it did make the books, you know, drawn drawn out, and I I didn't understand that crap. I could have well, me neither a lot less me about neither. that. <clears throat> well, you you guys all did better than I did. I got about an hour into the book, and I said, "No, I can't do oh, it." Wow. <laughs> I, I just couldn't couldn't do it. And I um, normally like her books, but this was so different for her. Mm-hmm. So I've I did liked enjoy her the interview before. Yeah. And other yeah. books. I don't like her endings, and 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 I don't think <clears throat> I'm ever going to do another Jody Chico book again. Okay. I um. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is Sally, and I have to say I did finish the book. Um, I thought it was a bit of a departure from her usual style, but I actually liked all the characters. I liked the husband, I liked Wyatt, I liked Dawn, and the daughter. And I think, you know, what this shows is that there are choices you make in life, but you can never be sure it's the right one. And um, I hope she stays with the husband because he was a kind, decent human being and why it may have been a kind and decent human being, but I think he had much more potential to leave her um, than Brian did. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend this book, but I'm glad I read it because it really made me think a lot about things. But this is Marcia. Um, remember, there was no end to the book. It said, Merit asked, Mom, are you, do, do you know who you're going to go with? And she said, yes. And that was it. That was the end of the book. But I think that was to make the reader think about choices in their lives. True. We've got, we, we, you know, I, very the, tr- the book was really a vehicle, not a, not a novel. Interesting. That's an interesting a novel, Thank not you. just a novel. Yeah. A vehicle. Uh, may yeah. I ask what? What do you mean by a vehicle? Uh, it was to make the reader think about the choices they had made in their life, or choices they would make. Um, I think it was to open up the reader's mind and heart. And and look at things. That's an interesting perspective. It is. That is. It thank is. you. And yeah. I think okay. you're right. I think that's what she. That's that's what came out in the interview. I think. Right. Because and I personally got more out of the interview than the book. Oh, same here. And it was. Um, first of all, I had never heard of a deaf doula, and I wondered if it was even a a thing and. So I went and looked it up. I figured if Jody Pico is writing about it, it has to be something that that exists. And I went and looked it up. It is the same. It does. It it does exist. Oh yeah. 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 You know, oh yeah. I, I wish I would have known about that back in 2014. Yeah. 
Um, it's probably expensive as all heck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it I probably exist. can't afford it, but. Yeah, that would have but been interesting. There's a I, there's a few other people here who haven't had a chance. Yeah, there are. I was going to say that I have. Uh, Go ahead, Gianna. Two friends that do this on an informal basis. One of them is a hospice worker, and she adopted one of my dogs. Actually, she's adopted two now, um, and she cares for people during the as a hospice worker during the last phases. And that's the hardest part, but she's one of the gentlest, most caring people I've ever met. And when she took my dog, um, it was traumatic for me um, because he was a terrific dog and a wonderful worker, but I ended up with complaints against him because they said he was causing a hostile work environment because he was a very large black shepherd. And, um, he had a deep bark, and he started giving a single bark when people would come to my office door. He never, ever showed any aggression, but he scared people. And um, so I was forced to retire him after he'd only worked for me for two years. And um, he became a hospice worker, which suited his temperament very well because he was a, a sensitive dog and he knew when people were hurting and he could draw them out whether it was psychic pain or or physical pain and so she um, took him and she would only take clients who had had dogs that loved dogs and wanted a dog as part of their last days and when he passed um, she had three different clients she was working with, and she came to me and asked if, if I had any good pictures of him because she wanted to enlarge them and put them in the people's rooms because the people kept saying, I miss my dog because he became their yeah. dog that would come oh, and wow. visit with them. And the other one um, works in a veterans ad administration as a volunteer. And she works with the terminal patients. And she considers herself a shaman. She's a little bit more offbeat, but she feels it's important to help people find their way to not be afraid at the end. And if they're in a veterans hospital, they're often pretty much abandoned by their families. So um, she spends those last days practically full time with the person. Um, and cares for them and helps them through. And it's she's not trained. She's just somebody that does this because, um, I mean, she doesn't have a certificate or anything, and she doesn't do it for pay. She just does it because um, I think she has a lot of compassion for our servicemen who um, find themselves in a veterans hospital kind of just left there to die. So what did you think um, of the book, Deanna? I yeah. thought that Dawn was very mixed up. <laughs> I didn't think she knew what she wanted in life. And because you could tell she, she genuinely respected and loved her husband. I mean, she went off the deep end when she thought that um, so there might be something going on with him and, and his co-worker. And yet he was in all innocence 
but it didn't look that way to her. And I understood that <laughs> because I have a brother like that. He's very good looking and he's very gentle and he's very empathic. And women flock around him and he doesn't get it. He never has from the time he was a teenager. He just thinks he's their friend. But um, so his wife has to be very patient <laughs> and she's good at it. She she knows how to step in firmly and back other women off, but very sweetly um, because <laughs> he really doesn't get it. Um, yeah. You know, he's a kind person. And if somebody mm-hmm. needs to talk to him, somebody needs to have, you know, to deal with something hard, you know, he'll sit there and hold her hand and talk to them. And he doesn't understand that that can cause needy people to really latch on and not want to let go. I'm going to jump in and say where it's 11 minutes to the hour and there's still a bunch yeah. of people that hadn't talked. Sure. Yeah. That's, so that's yeah. my impression yeah. is, is yeah. I can connect with parts of Joni? it. Didn't right. like the book overall. Yeah. Joni, do you have any thoughts on the book? Oh, do I? <laughs> oh, here I, comes Joni. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I've read a few of Jody Pico's books. I find them very uneven. Some are extremely good, and some maybe I've read one chapter of and have not liked. But talking about this book, I didn't. I didn't even want to read this. <clears throat> it sounded like something I would not really like but then I started it and I said well I'm going to read it and I found Dawn to be the most selfish mm-hmm. yeah. uncaring mm-hmm. woman yep. yep yep here she goes and has a child with another man. She marries this fantastic guy and she goes and leaves him and the child to go and do her thing in Egypt and to go back to this Wyatt. And I I just, I, I couldn't get over how I couldn't stand her. I don't think she was a very nice person. She did exactly whatever she wanted to do without really sort of, she sort of tried to care about, here she brings a child into the world and is not willing to care for her and can't can't even try to relate to what this poor kid is going through. And leaving Brian, who is having to clean the house and do the dishes and cook the meals for a daughter that's not even his. Oh, I just, you know, and I kept saying, I'm not going to continue this book. And with all her research into Egyptology, I feel that she 
likes to show off what she's learned from her research. Um, I sort of compared it in a way to Nefertiti because I thought that that book that we read for history was so fantastic, was so carefully written and researched and everything. And I felt that Jody Picot is, is just, she just wants to sell books. That's, that's how I feel. With that okay. said, <laughs> that's how I feel. And oh, I just, you know, you know that she's going to go with Wyatt. She's going to do what she wants to do. She doesn't give a damn about anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, uh, I mean, I, I think also that she has an obsession with death and dying because in so many of her books, that's her theme. And, you know, being 82 years old and knowing that it's who knows when it's going to come, um, I, I just... I want to be with people that I care about when I die. I don't, I I get afraid that I'm going to be alone in this place. Because my sister's in Arizona. I have cousins that are near here. And and I'm fine. I could, who knows how long I'm going to live. But it's scary the older you get, even though you think, oh, I'm, I'm fine. But then you think, oh, my God, it could happen any time. But I, I I don't think I would want a doula or whatever they're called. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, Carla? Well, uh, I, I was just thinking how I'm going to say this. And I, you know, uh, first of all, I want to say that I do like Jody Pico. Uh, you know, I always have. But this was a real departure for her. The one thing that did fascinate me was the time travel, and I couldn't figure it out. You know, it just seemed like she was flitting back and forth from Boston to to Egypt. Was she really doing that, or was that being shown to her? And was there really, were there really two plane crashes, or was um, the one at the end sort of a um, a result of the real plane crash at the beginning and how she woke up? I, I was confused about that. It was confusing, and I thought she was really doing it. I thought she just left and 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 went well, back. Hey, hang on, Joni. You're you're good. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Carla. Yes, Go ahead, Carla. The, the other thing I got to say, and I, and I, and please don't take this the wrong way, because I, I do complain a lot, and I shouldn't complain about books so much. And please don't take this personally, but this, in some ways, at this time in my life, was the hardest book to read. I didn't quite finish it, um, but I have just been through the death of my mother and oh, with her. I'm sorry. And this this hurt, this book just, I almost gave it up so many times because it was too close. Because, you know, yeah. I had to do with the death of my mother. Oh, I'm so sorry, Carla. Me too, Carla. And, but I, 
will say this much. I liked the linguistic, the scientific parts of it. And I actually like endings where they leave you hanging. I always told you how much I love The Sopranos, where, you know, they're playing Don't Stop Believing and everything stops. Did he get his brain shot on or what? And you uh, you have the luxury of making up your own ending. I like books that if I don't like the ending, I'd rather make up my own. You know what I mean? I, I just sort of think that's an ingenious way to end a book. And there was something else I was going to say, and I can't remember what it was. I should have written it down. But, I, you know, I, I didn't quite finish the book. I, you know, it was it was a chore. Um, and I thought she was selfish, too. And the thing is, I've been through some things myself. Um, when I say I do or I will, I do and I will. I was engaged uh-huh. to be married and my husband-to-be ran off with another woman. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, oh when, you, when it's for better or for worse, it's for better or for worse. You don't be selfish. And then if you bring a child into the world, you know, that's that, that adds another degree of selfishness to it when you, when you desert the child. But I'll say one more thing, too. It, you know what um, it reminds me of? Sometimes, have you ever wondered if you have a doppelganger? You have somebody that's a parallel you and you imagine what she would have been like. I imagine, you know, I've always wanted to be a mother. And I imagine if I were a mother, what husband would I have? What would my family be like? Why am I not a mother? Well, I gave him the prime of my life. That's probably why. But uh, would I be a good mother? And sometimes I'll be taking a business trip or something and I had this fantasy. What would happen if I just hopped on a Greyhound bus, took off, changed my name, and just remade my whole life and started all over again? It's just a fleeting thought. And the you know the doppelganger thing. I you know I imagine what my doppelganger is like if there is a multiverse. So, you know, it did make me think. So I tried to let that distract me around away from the death thing because that death thing, having been through it, I've just been going through and warning my mother is almost unbearable. But I, that's that's what I'll share. If you did all okay. that other stuff, would you go to Egypt or somewhere else? <laughs> Paris. Yeah, Paris, I think, yeah, I think that's a better choice. Because I, I went. To yeah, Paris, I loved Paris, and I cried when Notre Dame was burning. Right. I've been there oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But there's part of me that wonders what would happen if I just went to Paris and started all over. I'd have enough. I know enough French to fake it. Oh. <laughs> that's very great. <laughs> Wonderful. Might happen. Might happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any okay. child to leave behind. As long as I could take my seeing eye shih tzu. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> French, my dog's in anywhere, so they might actually buy that. <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm thinking, well, just what she just said. Uh, well, sometimes she wonders if she could just take off and go to Paris and be another another person. And then, and this book, the person did do that. Uh, and if, if she someday had decided to do that, uh, we're all. I thought that I thought this was a real good look at, to inside of uh, people. None of us. None of us are perfect, you know. And sometimes we do things that wrong. It, it was just wrong. We just shouldn't have done. At least that's my life turned out that way. And uh, and we think, what if we'd have done it differently? But we went on and did that wrong thing. And we're all mm-hmm. we're all imperfect. 
So I, who hadn't talked besides Liz and, and Randy? Is yeah, is there anybody else besides Liz and me? And you, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Liz. Okay. Um, I got about seven and a half hours into the book. Um I I we've always joked about my love-hate relationship with Jody Pico. I find her books very interesting and very engaging. And then she, I feel like she totally smacks us at the end, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've had too many books where of hers, where I was very invested in the, in the characters. And then she pulls off these endings at the end that are totally uh, just, I'm sorry. I, I, I almost get, like personally angry, like this feels so disrespectful of me, her reader. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't, I, I think that I, I would probably try a Jody Picoult book again, but I would read the ending first. I just, I'm sorry. I Good think evening, Dawn was, <laughs> hello. Um, I think Dawn was very selfish. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I I know I have been in committed relationships where other opportunities presented themselves, and I walked away from them. I may not have done that easily. I may have, you know, thought about what if. But mm-hmm. you know, when you're in a committed relationship, whether it's a husband or whether it's a boyfriend or something like that, I just I don't understand how somebody could just kind of like. <laughs> Gee, I've just been in a plane crash, and rather than to go home, I think I'm going to go chase off his life. And I, it's just—I don't know—I didn't like it at all. I was—I think the most interesting part to me with the death doula thing, and that's probably because my my career in social work, um, and oftentimes when somebody's in crisis and has been through real trauma, you—it almost feels like you're helping them give birth to back to themselves again, and helping them through those difficult things and put their lives back together. And so I could kind of relate to that. And I, and I do, I, I found that very interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to have a lot of coaxing to try to do another Jody Picot book again. Yeah. Thanks. May I, may, I, may, I, may I say something? This is Marcia. Yeah, go ahead. I, I totally agree with, with Liz. I don't think I'm going <clears> to <throat> do another Jody Picot book ever, ever. I don't, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, the interview was very interesting, and um, and I understand why she did it. And she was talking about in the uh, uh, afterward, <laughs> as far as her son goes, and and how he, uh, uh, you know, is is doing geology and uh, you know Egyptology, I should say. <clears throat> but I think I'm I'm really done. I mean, when you get to the end of the book, and Merritt, her daughter, says. Mom, have you decided who you're going to go with? And she says, yes. And that's the end of the book. After all we've gone through after these, what, 15 hours <clears throat> and so on? I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> that, uh, to me, <clears throat> that's like very selfish. Uh, whatever you can choose, however you d- decide who, who is going to go with whom. You know, if, if Dawn is going to go with Wyatt or Brian or whatever. But, you know, I, I thought that was very selfish of her to end the book that way. Randy hasn't said what it she thought. I have to agree. I This book was just a total 
um, total departure from her normal. And it was very heavy reading. And for this time, it was just, it was difficult. And to have it, when it ended like that, I wanted to jump through the book and smack her because, (laughs) you know, I was, I was waiting for an epilogue that brought everything together and let us know who she went with. But no, it was just, we were left hanging and it, I just, that was why I went looking for an interview because I thought I can't, we can't do this discussion and just go around and talk about the book. We have to do something else because everybody's just going to (laughs) leave. So, <laughs> Andy, um, well, I'm we gonna, have, Randy, I have to find something else to yeah. do. I'm so going to have looking. to go pretty soon. So, okay, choose a book. Um, yeah. I have a suggestion. I'm I haven't gotten very far in it, but I've been laughing a lot, and it kind of uh, makes me more more positive. It's called it's um Fanny Flags um the the all girl filling station last reunion yeah i've read that one and <clears throat> did it make you laugh it didn't me and i have not even gotten that far it, into it. it i didn't laugh so much but it was a light uh read and very interesting well that's one we can consider i actually have a book for yeah okay. what, what what book is for next month randy are we it's talking one- about are we through talking about this one? Because I have one more comment I want to make. Yeah. Okay. Oh, go on, Ellen. Okay. I'll, I'll make it fast. After listening to her uh, interview and all the, uh, you know, her, some of the talks she's made about this book and some of the, some of the plot lines in the book about, you know, making choices and this and that. And, you know, all the quantum physics crap about, you know, multiple timelines and this and that and other. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, granted, your life can turn out differently if you make different choices. But damn it, if you make a choice, there's responsibility that goes along with it. And and you know, she just didn't focus on that enough. I don't think. No, I mean, she yeah, didn't. Yeah, Dawn, no, Dawn, doing whatever she wanted to do. I mean, you can't live your life like that nope. and be happy. I mean, well, uh, you, know, uh, you know, that was the other thing I, I was going to say about this book was to me. This wasn't the novel. This wasn't a novel for your average person. This was a novel or a book that somebody who really wanted to know about Egypt and right the tombs and science. This was more meant for them, not the general public. I didn't think. Right. I thought I thought Don was making a bad choice. She knew she was making a bad choice, but she couldn't help herself. She just oh, kept put it anyway. Her mind, you know, she just kept it was all it. hormones. Yeah, something. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't like books that present stuff that, that, that you can't help the choices you're making. Well, I mean, if you can't help the choices you're making, who can? I mean, I mean, right. we're, we're, we're not, we're not chess ag- pieces on a board. I agree. I am so yeah. tired of people saying, oh, I just <laughs> couldn't help myself. It just oh, yeah. happened. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. no. Yes. Yeah. I the devil made me do it. I knew someone who had a husband and two children and she left them. She said, I want to be a free spirit. 
And yeah, well, I've known people like that too, and it's like, what? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I want to do what I, I want to do. What I want to do to help yeah, somebody. Right. Yeah. Get the privilege anyway, to be a mother, and I can't even be allowed to be a mother. I'd oh, me too. Be- I never got never got the chance. I never anyway, wanted to be a mother. Well, well, well I did. Since the end, I didn't think I wanted to be. Yeah, um, and I was, and I left. Yes, you were. Excuse me. And. Since right. Dan has to go, she's already gone. I think. Oh, okay, she is. Yeah, yep. I think I heard her right. leave. Well, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Okay, Oops. well then she'll get it. Yeah, she'll on get the news wire, whatever. Right, right. But anyway, what were you going to say? I think Ooh. somebody Don't was saying something. trying to say something. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't even <laughs> know if I wanted to be a mother, and, and, and I had the most wonderful child and lost him at age twenty-four. And awesome. would not that. think. <clears throat> I, I, I'm reading that she just leaves her. What was that? I was just checking the time. I was just checking the time. Oh, oh, And and she just. I mean, my child's life was so important to me, and when I lost him, it, it was. <clears throat> well, you know, I yeah. can't even. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine yeah. that. Yeah. My mother I love being a mother, and I love watching him evolve. Mm-hmm. How does a mother, I mean, you have a child, you have a responsibility, and you just leave her with your husband that's not even her father, although he he was her father. <clears throat> He was her father. He was her yeah, he dad. Was he was her father. Way he, was her, he was her dad. By yeah, yeah. He father, but he was her dad. Yeah. Anybody can right. biologically be father. And it broke his heart when he found out that he wasn't, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I just, this book got me so angry, and I, I could not believe yeah. that a woman could be as selfish as Dawn, as un. Oh, she supposedly caring. Yeah, and are y'all saying that Bri- Brian wasn't Merritt's father? Right, no, no Brian right. wasn't Merritt's father. Not her, not her who, biological who father. Who was? But he was her Why it was? Why it was? I don't think Don know that if, at the time oh. of the birth. Oh well, I didn't find out. I like it even less. Genetic there. test. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's next month's book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Please let's know. Let's. Uh, next yeah. Let Let's. We could go on all night speculating about this, but I think hey, we can still said, do that. I mean, if people want to keep, we can. Yeah, but I'm yeah, gonna be I like Frankie Valley and say, "Don't anyway. go away." So anyway, next month's book is one I've been wanting to do for a long time, but it's finally on board, so we can do it. And it's called "What She Left Behind." by Ellen Marie Wiseman. It's DBC 06250. Oh, one of those DBCs. Yeah, it's also... 06250? Yeah. Okay, okay, please read. Wait, DBC, what's the number? 06250. 06250. DBC. Yeah. It's uh, by Eleanor Hope. By whom? Ellen. Ellen Marie Wiseman. Please, please, <coughs> BBC. Zero six two five zero. And what's a, what, what is the title? 
what she left behind. <clears throat> Did she have a choice about leaving? Five minutes, guys. What's it about? I have the synopsis. I'll read it. Please. <clears throat> Ten years ago, Izzy Stone's mother fatally shot her father while he slept. Devastated by her mother's apparent insanity, <clears throat> Izzy, now 17, refuses to visit her in prison, but her new foster parents, employees at the local museum, have, have enlisted Izzy's help in cataloging items at a long-shuttered state asylum. There, amid piles of abandoned belongings, Izzy discovers a stack of unopened letters, a decades-old journal, and a window into her own past. Clara Cartwright, 18 years old in 1929, is caught between her overbearing parents and her love for an Italian immigrant. Furious when she rejects an arranged marriage, Clara's father sends her to a genteel home for nervous invalids. But when his fortune is lost in the stock market crash, he can no longer afford her care, and Clara is committed to the public asylum. Even as Izzy deals with the challenges of yet another new beginning, Clara's story keeps drawing her into the past. If Clara was never really mentally ill, could something else explain her own mother's violent act? Piecing together Clara's fate compels Izzy to re-examine her own choices with shocking and unexpected results. Illuminating and provocative, what she left behind is a masterful novel about the yearning to belong and the mysteries that can belie even the most ordinary life. Now, does that it get was, into the violence of the murder or anything? Or well, no, no, that, that sounds good to me. Sounds good yeah, to yeah, sounds me, too. Interesting. Does it have, it, a, for, does a, it have a forward by Jody Pico? it's it's really i read this book when it first came out in about i think it was 2014 and it it just i loved it and <clears throat> i could i was really waiting for it to come on bard because this was one another one of those books that i really wanted us Cool. to do and please <clears throat> please read the uh the uh, uh book number again if you can zero six two five zero zero six two five zero okay thank you yeah yeah oh what? connecticut connecticut <clears throat> did it what I said it's Connecticut Library that did it so yeah okay but it's available on audible and bookshare as well does it get the book length from Bart? Twelve hours and change. Twelve hours. Yeah. Twelve hours and eight minutes. So zero six two five zero. Yeah. All right. All then. And, and I'm all, I'm I'm good as long as Jody Picot didn't do the ending of it. The forward maybe <laughs> the ending. No, she's not allowed to do the ending. The epilogue. Yeah. Jody Jody did that. Yeah, she, no, she doesn't get to do the epilogue. <laughs> oh no! I, yeah, I am. I, I will I, say. I, I am the done ending. with Jody Pico. I am done. I, 
<laughs> I think oh, I, 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 I it's going to be a while before I read another one of hers, but the, hmm. this one is it's a good ending. I, I okay, noticed, okay. I noticed that you, you know what? I, I still think it's ingenious when the author doesn't tell us everything. You know, oh, I made, no. I made, I hate that. that. I, I made I, her I, go with Brian. I want you to know, I made Dawn decide to go with Brian. So <laughs> I, I noticed, I noticed that you asked for an epilogue. I noticed you asked for an epilogue, but if you noticed that that ending was an afterward. Uh, was it? It oh, was. No. What? What? It was? Yeah, oh, because after yeah, the plane right. crash and everything, uh, there was an afterward, mm. and then that was when we discovered that she wasn't killed and she woke up in the hospital, and uh, yeah. her boyfriend was there and her husband. Mm. You're right, it was an afterward, but, but was there one of, I would have gone with Brian if I could have. Okay, oh, there we go. I'm going to leave now, so I've had <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> Being a widow, I I would have no way left with Wyatt. Yeah, no. Way. I um, there was a writer's workshop in Iowa, and one of the teachers told his potential authors that when you think of your readers, imagine them carrying heavy rocks up a hill that you're giving them to carry, and when you get to the top of the hill at the end of the book, they darn well better feel like it was worth it to carry those rocks. Thank and, you, Sherry. Uh, and I think that's a really, and I'm like Carla, though. I don't mind sometimes endings that are ambiguous, but this one was too much. But yes. sometimes I don't mind. What, I don't know. You know, I, you know, I would, I like to write. I would sit down and write another chapter to this book and end it the way I want it to end. And it would redeem the whole book. Well, why not? <laughs> hey, Carla. Well, why don't you do that and yes, write Carla, to, send and it send to it to Jody? Sherry, I'll, I'll add to what your, what your person used to say. If your readers feel like they're still got the rock strapped on them at the end of the book, then you better watch out. Yep. Uh, they're yep. going to stop. Yeah. They're going to stop reading you. Yeah. I like to read a book when you're finished, you want to know what happened next. Oh. That's true. Yeah, you want a sequel. Well, I, did I like wanna, that too. But with this, with this book, I did want to know. I really did, went. you know. But there was no ending. You, you just thought it should have been provided in the pages of this book, not not it make just, you read another one. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want a sequel. <clears throat> yeah. I just yeah. wanted to know what was going. You know, was she? I mean, and I know it's kind of. It's. It was. It was kind of. Um, Oh, what's the word I want to use? It was superficial, but I wanted to know if she ended up with Wyatt or Brian. That's all I wanted to know. Well, just I wanted to go take care of Merritt with Brian. I I say help him out. I I, I, say just look at this book as a very long writing prompt. Yeah, I suggested last month that we read this, but when I suggested it i said i had not read it that uh, yeah the dp uh, there was a lot of discussion on the on the uh, email list about the book that's why it's just right. i like it right and and it has led to a lot of discussion tonight oh, yeah. so whether it you does. like the book or not you is know. really hey, worth thinking about Oh, sure. Thank you for, uh, sure. yeah thanks for suggesting it Ladon. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, good job did Wyatt know that the child was his by the end of the book, or do we not know that? Yeah, by the yes, end of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the book, we do. Okay. Yeah. 
How do you know that? He went, he went with her. Jerry, how do you know that? You didn't the read the end of the book, I didn't think. I skipped and read the last hour. Oh, well. <laughs> I well oh, Sherry, good for you. I may do, uh, I, I usually may do don't that. do that, but, but yeah. you know what? I read through the I read through the whole damn thing. I really did. Oh, I could. I'm surprised. Well, Marsha, that says a lot for you because I know you have a two-hour rule. I yeah. do. Most of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I kept going with it, but I, <laughs> something just made me do it, and I'm like, but by the time I got to the end, I'm like, why did I waste my time? Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope that this next book will be It'll a redeem. much better read for everybody. Um, I know a couple of people who have already read it and thoroughly enjoyed it. So good. Good. Well, so good. thank yeah. you, Ray. And and please, please give me the uh, the uh, book title again. Not the book. The the number. Book number. Marsha. I'm getting worried about you now. We've told you the title about 15 times. I know times you did. Now. I know. I know you did, Alan. Yeah. Zero six two five zero. We've all memorized zero, it. Six, <laughs> well, see, no, Everybody's getting in their sleep, and Alan gets to see it because the news wires come in his way. I'm, but if you go, <laughs> if yeah, you go for it tonight or tomorrow, numbers. it's already written. And well, Alan, look, look, the whole thing, the whole thing is I'm not used to the, the, the six digits coming Marcia, up. Marsha, don't pay attention to me. You, you oh, asked no. as many times as you need to. <laughs> We're <And> all Alan, <laughs> Yes. Alan, thank you again for uh doing the, you know, for doing that interview. And Randy, thank you for finding yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. It was, it was a good I'll learning experience. That, I enjoyed the doing main, it. Yeah. Main reason I came because I didn't read the book. Except for about an hour, I couldn't deal with it. I just couldn't do it. Right, right. <laughs> well, the death stuff was very hard on me. There were so many times I was just thinking, I'm just going to bail out of this book. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. Well, I just want to get my... I thought it was death doula that her writing about that was going to make me feel, you know, uh, empathetic anyway. But it did not do a thing for me yeah. uh, to make... Uh, Maybe my death any smoother, something I'd want or something. Uh, not that I'd want to do that. I want a doula. No, she didn't. She didn't comfort. I didn't think she comforted. It was comforting at all in her uh, 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 duties as a doula. I didn't think she was comforting at all. No, when I when when I saw this book, when it opened with the plane crash, I thought. Uh-oh, if this book is all about the plane crash, I'm out of here because that's a a difficult thing for me because of I two of my friends in college were in the PM crash, PM crash in 1988. Oh, and wow. so I've all ever since then I've been very anxious about flying and I'm and whenever anybody I know is flying I'm anxious until I know they're on the ground. And right. So when I saw this book about a plane crash, I thought, oh, I'm out of here. If this is all that the book's going to be about. So I was relieved when it wasn't. But I'm still I'm still confused. Um, they you know, okay, so she she crashed. How many plane crashes were there? One or two? One. 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 I think it was one. So yeah. the stuff, all the stuff in the middle wasn't real. 
She no, went, it was all real. It, the, it's just that uh, the beginning was misleading. It, you, as you read the book, you think the plane crashed, and then she's after the crash, she goes to Egypt. <clears throat> no, she uh, decided to go to Egypt on her own, and then the plane crash was uh, uh, took place actually on her way back home from Egypt after. Uh, so so the, the book's not chronological, by the way. It's right. it not. So and it was certainly misleading. Oh, that is misleading. And then she ends up back in Egypt again. I mean, it's very confusing. And, and, yeah. I, mean, I was is. wondering, and then it just kept on switching back and forth. Yeah. And I, yeah. At first yeah. I thought maybe, the, it, you know, that's just her two futures being shown to her. You know, maybe she's not really going back and forth. And I couldn't figure it out. I got a science fiction mind, I guess. I, I think she let quantum physics interrupt her uh, the way the uh, timeline chronology really works. And stuff. She kept jumping around all over the place, apparently. So. But I, I thought about, I thought but about I got to go. So I, I made Sherry the host. So y'all can stay and talk as long as you want to. But I'm going to. Uh, okay. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to stop the recording and then let's see if I can figure out how to do that. Yeah, you're gonna have out. fun trying to edit all this out because no, I, I don't I don't edit anything. But well, whatever. you know it's okay well, because we talked about the book. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, but there was no demarcation between the book. Well, I guess yeah. Between so I know next month, there's and- going to be. Uh, I know there's going to be uh, the um, uh, new book coming out, so we're up for it. Yep. You betcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I, you'll I, enjoy I, it a lot more. I, I'm gone. I'm gonna say goodnight. Everybody, stay well, safe. Thanks, Alan. Thank thanks again. And, okay. and, Rand, and Randy, Bye-bye. thank you so much for uh, uh, downloading that uh, YouTube uh, uh, video. Oh, you're I welcome. I had to do something because I really, I said to myself, no, they're all gonna leave. We're not even gonna have a discussion. <laughs> no, sometimes it's just as much fun to trash to a book as it is to love a book. So we all yeah, it is. I wish but I had that. Uh, I'm I'm done with Jody Picot. I noticed that, uh, you know, if you're done with Jody, that in 2022, you're going to have a chance not to read another book because she already has one written. Yeah. 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 Jody Pino, and you you got to admit, this book was better than The Perfect Nanny. Oh, that. Oh, was yeah, it was. Yeah. There's nothing perfect about The Perfect Nanny. And I got sucked in because it was Paris. And that's where my double. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I know, Carla. Yep. Yeah, oh, well. that was not a good book. I don't think I read that one. I didn't either. I, didn't yeah. I guess I'm glad. <laughs> so Sherry, like, by yeah, the way, was, Sherry, how are you good. doing? Okay, and before we hang up, I mean, before Ladon goes, I want to see how he's doing down there in Dallas. Yeah. 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 You're from Dallas. How are you doing? Well, I went 18 hours without any power at all, oh. and uh, but I did have water, so I could flush oh, my toilet. Some people down here don't even have water. Yeah. My uh, yeah. daughter went 22 hours without power. My son went 30 hours without wow. power. Oh, and, my uh, wow. It, it was terrible. And just before I got on the meeting today, my internet went out. I thought, I'm not oh. going to get to talk about that book. And I read it. And I liked it. Mm. <laughs> so so uh, it just came back just in time for me to start hearing that thing. That's why I spoke when I shouldn't while that was going. I thought the microphones oh. were turned oh, off. Well, that's why when Alan, 
Alan started talking and I saw you come in and I went, oh, there's the dog. Yeah, and we were we wondering if you made it. Yeah, yeah. we were. you plenty of food and stuff? I mean, were you able to, you know, have food? and? Oh, no, that? my wife, for dinner, my wife had a can of sardines oh. and crackers. <laughs> and oh. I had a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> And we piled four blankets on top of the bed and got in there and snuggled close. Oh, yeah. oh. But a house is really well insulated. It down down to one degree. And uh, my, oh my house inside really only wow. was 59. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so so how, how cold? How cold in your house? 59. Oh, 59. Oh, okay. Wow. So, so what part of Texas I mean, that was, that's not so bad. Uh, 59. Now, my my other son's, uh, his got really cold. He he's, lives in a rented house and it's not insulated well. My house is really well insulated. I have, a, I have family in Texas. What part of Texas are you from? Dallas. Oh, okay. I have a friend that lives in near there. He, um, yeah, I have, I have a friend that lives near there. Well, how, how is she doing? This. How is your friend doing? They they lost power for a while, but it, they actually got theirs back relatively quickly. Um, I think it was they may have had a day or something. Oh, that's good. So, but, but I'm just what, what do you get? Uh, did the te uh, Texas? What do you think of that ear cut thing? I mean, yeah, is it is it, is uh -huh. it the 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 ear cut? Uh, um, yeah, everybody's thing. blaming everybody else for, uh, you know, that the, you know, that the, they haven't done as much as they should, and uh, and they're blaming the um, as far as the um, uh, oh shoot, what do you call them? The 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 uh, uh, uh you know, the Oh shoot! The now utilities. I can't think of it. You're talking about the utilities. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now, well, the problem with Texas is because uh, people down here, oh, they don't want regulation. You know, we're going to do things our own way. So right. we are not connected to <clears throat> to the. Uh, rest of the power all over the nation. They the could grid, have borrowed yeah. from power yeah. from other states, but no, they won't do that. You know, so they did that so that they didn't have to meet federal standards and they can mm -hmm. save money. And this right. is what happens. Yeah. 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 Friend so of mine said today, friend of mine said today, so we have a Mars landing. <laughs> But they don't have power in Texas. What's up? Yeah, with and that? that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking too of the, you know, the, and they're blaming the your governor. I guess is is blaming, uh, and I don't know if he's he's marched that back about the, uh, uh, the, the wind turbines. Yeah. The wind yeah. turbines. Yes, Sherry. Thank yeah. you. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, he's he's, he's blaming them, so they they're all frozen up. So the green green uh, is not. Uh, not any good, but they have them in Greenland and Iceland. They don't freeze up. Yeah, of course they don't. Things. They don't even freeze up in Iowa or Minnesota or I mean, Michigan. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Ladon, you're not planning any trips to Cancun, are you? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, but we, but we got a senator wished he did. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, my nephew. Know oh, my nephew yeah, his, my nephew and his girlfriend went to Cancun. They were they escaped all this, and my brother and sister in law are there with his son, with their five-year-old grandson, wow. moving from house to house, trying to find heat and water. and In Cancun? No, in Texas. Oh, they're in Texas. In Texas. Oh, okay. And they're, my nephew, their son, is in Cancun, was in Cancun <clears throat> with his girlfriend. Wow. He got out of there. He finally just, he was supposed to come home Monday. He, was, he left Thursday. He was supposed to come home Monday. And I think he finally got home yesterday. Oh you know, my goodness! My, my nephew uh, lives. In, uh, I forgot what islands out some island somewhere in the south end. Her, his wife is out throwing ice on the ice rather refrigerator on the streets and showing pictures. Oh, there's ice all over the streets. Everybody's upset whether you're down there eighty degrees. Say ice. Oh, oh my! God. <laughs> I was talking to a friend in College Station, and she's she's seen snow before, but she's like, I've seen things I've never seen before. I've never seen a snow drift or an icicle. <laughs> oh, where, where is she, Sherry? College Station, where you have um. Is it, is it Texas A&M? University of New Mexico. Yeah, 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 Texas A&M. A&M oh, yeah. Texas A&M. <laughs> yeah, that's where she, they had rolling blackouts for library is. She's never, yeah. saw, she's never seen snow. Oh well, she's goodness. seen snow, but just not big snow drifts or icicles oh. and stuff. Would you she's believe only I seen lived, a coating. I lived I'm in, sorry? in cold weather all my life, and I've never actually physically seen a snowman. <laughs> Oh, really? really? Oh, oh I never used to build one. them. Used to I did too. I used to build them all the time. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. I I wasn't outside long enough. It was too cold for me. I went in the house <laughs> within five minutes. I was thinking about that song, Frosty the Snowman. Is, <laughs> That's my favorite. His eyes made out of coal. I mean, his eyes made out of coal. Yeah. And I thought, yep. you know, I bet your children today. Wouldn't know what coal is. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah, probably not. And and of course, carrot for a nose. Did you ever yeah. wonder in the Frosty the Snowman song? There's a part where Frosty goes clumpity clump clump. Why would a yeah. snowman clump? That is. How, yeah, how would a snowman go clumpity clump? Yeah, I, 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 it always annoys me when I hear that line because it's just. But like, I always thought they put shoes on. Thumpity thump thump. Yeah, yeah thumpity thump thump. thump. Well, you still, even if you have shoes on, you don't thump in the snow. No, you <laughs> don't. Well, down the anyway. Yeah, but remember, well, was, I don't know. Well, was that was when he was melting, now when he went. The snow is starting yeah. to melt. Well, he must yeah, have been walking down a shoveled-off yeah. sidewalk. Yep. Yeah. I saw yeah. something else in the paper, you know, about the um, Margaret, Marjorie Taylor Greene oh. thinking that Jews who controlled lasers from outer space started the California what? wildfires. Well, there was a <laughs> yeah, that's a cute yeah, I saw thing. that bizarre. Well, some, I, I don't know, it's too. crazy. But someone put a tweet out that said, "Will the Jews who control the space lasers please come and clear my driveway?" <laughs> <laughs> that is so bizarre, though. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is. Oh, we Jews so have been known to do a, a lot of things. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, Joey. Joni, you need to confess. Any of your relatives controlling those space lasers? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> we wouldn't yeah, have it any other way. Joni, a distant Joni, cousin. Joni, and, the, and there you are in your room, 
and you're trying to control the world, right? All you have to do is think about it and beam me up, yep. Scotty. It's happening. You, yeah, there you that's go. A, that's all right. That's all right. Well, I have nothing else to that's do. Right. I might as well control the yeah, world. Really? Yeah, really. You guys have a little fun, uh, Joni. Uh, uh, uh. I'll call my doppelganger back from Paris and get her on it. Yeah. There you go. I thought that's all right, Joni. Us Democrats are out drinking children's blood. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh. That's another QAnon thing. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I saw that too. Gad. I'm glad I don't. <coughs> I don't know. <laughs> Carla, so I, I wanted, Carla, um, I wanted to give you my condolences, and also, um, if you still have my phone number, you can call me if you need somebody to talk to. My, I'm gonna, just I'm, wanted to let you know. I'm gonna need your phone number again. <clears throat> I, I think I might have lost it when my Apex. <coughs> oh, Carla, did you get can that I back yet? Yeah, I got it back. Is it working? Carla, I Carla, do you, do you remember me? We drove, we drove, we flew back. Oh, God, if you two were driving. <laughs> no, they might even help us all. I've been on the road twice. <laughs> but, Carla, do you remember flying back from Minnesota to Chicago uh, on, on a plane from uh, ACB convention in 2016? Uh, yes. No, and we had a wonderful <clears throat> flight uh, yeah. talking to each other, and I think we exchanged <laughs> phone numbers. I hope we didn't. I hope I still have it. Uh, but I, anyway, I, it was a pleasure flying with you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, Carla was in our this thing that I had for a while called Radio Waves. and uh, Radio? It, oh, Radio Waves. Yeah, I, I miss that. that. I miss that. I miss that so much. Yeah, and then there was Joni's Corner also. I remember that, too. I remember that in Radio Waves, even though I never went to either of them. I used to see the news wires about well, I'm them. a very serious yeah. Radio DXer. I love radio. Yeah, yeah me too. <sighs> so um, I could give you my number if we're not being recorded now, if you want. No. What? No, we're not being recorded? Right. No, we're not being. Wait a recorded. minute. Wait a minute. It's. No, we're. I'm gonna. I'm the host. I'm gonna stop recording right now. I gotta click. Oh, on. I thought it was done. I thought, I thought it was. Done. No, it doesn't. 